Oh, I'm Paul DeGarabedian with my Many Screens Big Picture Podcast for Comscore. And today I'm thrilled to have on the program Jason Brennick. Jason is founder and CEO of Meta Media, an entertainment technology company that creates next generation technologies and new revenue generating opportunities for content producers and cinemas. And we'll go a lot more into that, Jason. Welcome to the Mini Screens Big Picture Podcast. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Great to be here. So we are definitely living in a very interesting time, and there's no doubt about it. And with the industry on the mend coming back, I think in a big way, Godzilla versus Kong, I think demonstrated that by generating numbers around the world and particularly in North America that were well beyond what expectations were for that film. Given the day and date release of it, it's on HBO Max. The fact that theaters are just shy of 60% open with limited capacity in North America. How does MetaMedia and how do you, Jason, given your years in the business, how do you look at this period right now? And what do you think the short-term changes and then long-term, what are we looking at for the industry? Absolutely. Well, just starting out, Paul, so that the the listeners understand where I'm coming from. So I, I spent about 13 years at Disney Studios in distribution, uh, both on the theatrical side and on the home entertainment side. Went to IMAX for a number of years. So I am absolutely long on the industry. You know, after having been in it 20 plus years, I definitely think that there is not going to be this kind of massive uh, closure of, of theaters, an end to the theatrical movie-going experience, but uh, more so this is a bit of a, a kick in the pants, a wake-up call that the owners of theaters need to continue to innovate and find new ways to bring people into theaters. And that's kind of where MetaMedia fits in is even before the pandemic, we saw an opportunity to really surpass what consumers are getting in their homes, really to move beyond just the standard theatrical experience. I mean, all the exhibitors around the world have done an amazing job of improving their experiences, you know, moving into recliners, moving into food and beverage and higher end food and beverage and higher end experiences with uh, premium large formats and other types of experiences. But, you know, they have really continued to stay behind the rest of the video world when it comes to the type of content and the experience of lots of different types of programming that they offer to consumers. And obviously consumers' tastes are changing. You know, there is a huge movement into lots of different other formats that I think, you know, theaters are now starting to really lean into and starting to experiment. And, 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 you know, more than ever, you know, for us, we view this as a real uh, renaissance period for theaters as we come out of this pandemic and the dust settles and the, you know, the players kind of fall back into place. I really feel like this is a, a window where theaters can step ahead of the home experience and really give, uh, you know, both the same consumers that have been going to movie theaters for decades, but also a new crop of consumers that maybe had been moving more into other forms of entertainment, give them a reason to go and have the same social and uh, video, audio video experience that, that uh, everyone loves out of the theatrical experience. I think you said something really key there too, uh, when you said it, it's been a kick in the pants to the industry, because I think generally this industry is slow to change. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just keep the status quo. But the pandemic disallowed for that in a sense, and really I think created a lot of uh, disruption 
But often out of that comes some really good things, things that I think could, for the long term, really ensure the viability and continued appeal of the theatrical experience. And it sounds to me when you're thinking of theatrical with your company, Metamedia, you're not just thinking of theatrical films, just the traditional kind of movies. You're talking about other kinds of big screen programming that can bring today's audiences who are so accustomed to getting kind of everything they want and every form uh, at home via all sorts of platforms. It sounds like you're saying your company can bring live stream events, different kinds of programming, even advertising, of course, trailers and the like, but in a very streamlined, digital and comprehensive way. Yeah, that's that's right, Paul. So basically, I, you know, as an ex-studio uh, and ex-IMAX exec, you know, movies are always going to have a place in theaters, out of home. And, you know, the filmmakers want their experiences, want their, you know, $250 million artistic creations to be seen on the largest screen possible. They want the visual effects that they're spending every day, you know, laboring over to create that level of detail, the sound mix. That is, for most people around the world, that is not going to be conveyed on a television screen adequately or on a PC or a a tablet. So there will always be a place for big production value content to be shown in the theatrical setting, best audiovisual experience you can get bar none. The other side of that is the thing that we're thinking about long term is, you know, even in the post pandemic world, how do you bring people together for things that they love to do together socially? How do you create an experience that was similar to the theatrical experience, but maybe is able to be a little more targeted to niche groups, to fan groups, to audiences in the same way that any bar and restaurant in the world can bring together, a, you know, kind of a, a group of people who loves to watch, you know, Premier League soccer on a Sunday morning in Santa Monica. How do you create those types of group communal experiences in a location where the actual players are life size on the screen, where you're getting the, you know, kind of courtside ringside experience of a fight or a wrestling event on the screen? How are you actually bringing people together who have an affinity towards a certain type of content, like look at uh, what happened with the recent anime film. I think it was Demon Slayer coming out of Japan. How do you bring people together for these other experiences and really democratize the type of content that you're able to deliver to theaters? And so just for those of you who don't know about what Metamedia does, we like to think of ourselves as that, you know, call it an Apple TV box or Roku of cinema to expand all of the types of programming that can get to you, that can ultimately reach an audience that needs to come together to experience that type of content together. And do you find, Jason, that uh, the live streamed events, particularly for sports, are really key? Because as I understand it, I'm not a huge sports uh, guy. I, I, <laughs> I freely admit that. I, I'm the last person you want to talk to about sports. Movies, of course, but sports, not so much. But as I understand it, most people want to watch that stuff live, whether it be at home in a theater, wherever it is. So I think the idea of live streaming sports is huge because you have everyone there. You have the lobby talk before and after, of course, that will come with that and the excitement and the buzz in the room looking at the players or the participants of any sporting event bigger than life on that big screen. That seems like a that could be a really I mean, especially for Metamedia, just a, a real great spot to be in. 
Certainly, this actually goes back to my early digital cinema days at Disney, where we did some testing, some market testing of ESPN college football, both in 2D and 3D into theaters. Uh, And this was mainly just for market research. But essentially, what we found is that it was the best experience that people could imagine. The consumers responded to it so favorably. The one thing that they worried about is how do I respond to a big play? You know, I'm trained to be silent in the theater, but pretty quickly after about three minutes of the event, that wore off and they were cheering like they were in a sports bar. Flash forward 15 years, we were not able to accomplish that type of experience at the time for a variety of reasons, sports rights issues and other, you know, advertising issues. But now with everything that's happened in over-the-top delivery of content, things that are being delivered on a multitude of platforms via the internet, that's how we deliver into theaters. What we're finding is, you know, after having done a UFC fight uh, back in January and we've done a wrestling event, we've got other, we've got the Jake Paul fight this weekend. What we find is that once consumers start to understand that this can be a location that they can go see it, as opposed to like a Buffalo Wild Wings or some other location, they really enjoy the experience. And the fact that a lot of the theaters have, uh, you know, gotten food and beverage licenses and are serving alcohol, that also plays to the advantage of these theaters. And I think it's it's finally time that theaters can take advantage of that. And then, of course, there's the esports phenomenon that's going on right now as well, where, you know, these events uh, big tournaments are selling out Madison Square Garden for multiple nights in a row. Why shouldn't that be something that every local market with a fan base that, you know, that likes Call of Duty or Microsoft's Forza event be able to enjoy that socially with other people in a, in a theatrical setting as well? I think that's a great thing that the movie theater can provide. And I think what you're doing is with your company and your point of view, your mission statement is thinking outside of the box. You're looking at the movie theaters more than just a place where people go, sit down, watch trailers, watch a movie and leave. It becomes a total destination for an experience, which it is even if you just get popcorn and watch a traditional movie or have that traditional experience. But I think the way you get people to think about the movie theater is something that's more than just that, especially midweek when not every theater is full, that these various other live streamed events, whether it be concerts or I know that opera and different types of programming are brought to the big screen. I think with the combination of music, those types of performances, plus sports, plus the e-sports really seems like a, a great opportunity, not only for the consumer, but for your company to really, at I think the perfect moment broaden the horizons of what the movie theater experience can be. We hope so. And we believe that's the case. I mean, it definitely is the case that you look at the dependence that a lot of the movie theaters have had over the pandemic on only one type of content, which is big blockbuster movies. And you also look at the fact that, you know, when people are staying at home, they're watching more than just movies. They're watching all of these types of events and they're engaging in interactivity as well. And so we kind of feel that there needs to be a, a super highway of content that's flowing into the theaters. The reason that this has been suboptimal, in our opinion, in the past, you know, the things you mentioned about opera, which have been successful on a certain scale, companies have done concerts in a good way. But what has prevented this from being widespread is a little bit of the technology limitations of satellite and hard drive delivery 
that have been the only ways of content getting into theaters up to this point in time. And, and you know, satellite being the last kind of form of distribution that got content to theaters, it requires a large amount of scale, a massive footprint of theaters to exist and book that content in order to justify the cost of the transponder and the bandwidth and all the dishes and everything like that. Whereas what we're doing is we're taking a slice from what is happening in the home, which is point to point distribution where every theater can be served individually with the type of content that it wants to program. So, you know, you could see how perhaps a theater in El Paso, Texas might have a slightly different programming approach than something sitting in Boston or than something sitting in, you know, Japan. And so with the innovation of cloud and internet technologies, we're actually trying to take a page from what's happened in the home in terms of the massive proliferation of content and bring that into out-of-home entertainment. That's really fascinating because, look, you could talk all day about all the stuff you want to have on your wish list to distribute into a movie theater, but you have to have the delivery system in place. You have to have a way to do that. You guys are doing that, it it seems to me. But this point-to-point technology you're talking about, I think is really the key because you're right with a satellite feed, the transponders and all that technology, that huge technological footprint. And then of course, all the pitfalls that can go along with that, all the technical snafus that can happen with that kind of model. I think this is really a game changer because it gives that stability in terms of the network, but also it's not a one size fits all. Like you said, if you're in El Paso, or you're in Peoria, wherever you may be, theaters may have a different need for different types of content or really tailored content for their markets. So this seems like a just a fantastic opportunity. We're, we're super excited about it. And again, we're long on the industry. We know that most people around the world will never be able to afford to see their professional sports team live. If they end up having a concert from their favorite artist that stops in their city, which most people will never have that happen, they're usually sitting in a place in the audience where they're looking at the jumbotron anyway. And so this brings to consumers a much more immersive, much more enjoyable, and a much more social experience than sitting at home watching it on your couch, which is the only alternative that people have right now to enjoying these types of things that they're passionate about. The whole idea of going to a live concert really does get lost in those huge venues where all, and I go to, I love music. I go to a lot of, well, I haven't been to a concert in over a year. Yeah, I, know, I miss them too. <laughs> you know, but when I do, you're right. If I'm way in the back, you know, way back there in the, in the cheap seats, because for some of these big artists, the good seats are out of reach for almost every, I mean, the, the prices are insane. Yeah, it's all been bought up by the corporations. And then, you know, you factor in the fact that, you know, if you're of a certain age like us, you might not want to be standing in a, you know, a field of people watching a a concert for eight hours straight. It would be much better to be sitting in a luxury recliner with a beer in your hand with the best surround sound you can probably uh, never pay for. But with a ticket price, you probably could at a theater. I think this is really a a great thing because, you know, the concert industry has taken a big hit like so many others uh, during the pandemic. But I think you're right. For a lot of us who are of a certain age, I think the idea of just going sitting down in a beautiful theater with a beer, having that. Of course, if you're in the front row at a Stones concert live. Nothing's going to match that. Yeah. But I mean, you're talking about an incredible buy in of time, energy, money, but mostly the money part is huge. But what's really key, too, is 
I think a good strategy is to usher this in for people. I know that the last time I was in a theater, I forget what concert it was, but they literally showed some of the footage, like examples of the artists on stage with the camera movement and you're right there, 50 foot screen. And I felt like I was there and you're right. The sound in a movie theater is incredible. And I think that's uh, look, there may be no substitute for being there, but there's being there. And then there's being there. <laughs> sure. It's just a different experience at a different price point that appeals to a different segment of people. And, and it's not going to have an impact on people attending the live sporting event. It's certainly not even going to have a dent in, you know, whether ESPN is, you know, making its uh, ad revenues or its carriage deals with all the broadcasters. This is really an incremental business here, but not to overlook the movies, which I still think are going to be the largest part of the theatrical business. And what this does for movies is it also creates more flexibility in programming. You know, you don't have to have everything release all at once, all the time. You can tailor your releases to different markets, to different areas. You can research them, test them. So there's a lot of things that we're working on here that absolutely benefit the studios and change the way the studios are able to bring their content to market more effectively, cost-effectively, and efficiently on a targeted basis. Yeah, I think that that's really the key. And of course, all the studios are looking at innovative strategies, some of which were instituted a little over a year ago that met with a lot of resistance. Because again, when you try to upset the status quo, at least initially, it caused a huge issue. But I think as we've seen in the ensuing months, and of course, certainly in the in the most recent weeks, that the day and date, not that it'll stick forever for every movie, but audiences, like you said uh, just a minute ago, that by having a concert or a sporting event in a theater doesn't mean nobody's going to show up to the live event. In fact, you're right. It's incremental. It's actually additive. And I think the movies have shown that the movie theaters have demonstrated that they are the premier place to see a film and that people, when given the choice, will still go out to that movie theater. That's absolutely true. And I am not as worried about the changing of windows. I spent a lot of time when I was at Disney looking at windows of distribution. And you only have to look a little bit around the world to see that windows differ in different markets. But one thing is constant is that consumers will watch a piece of content in the way that they feel justifies, you know, whatever they're spending on that piece of content and, and whether it makes sense for them to leave the home and go out for an experience. You know, every single person is both a theatrical consumer and a home consumer, you know, and, and so at the end of the day, I think you're not going to lose when you give consumers a choice and you can see that with Godzilla versus uh, Kong, you know, was on HBO Max on the same day that it was in theaters and still made a fantastic box office in theaters. Yeah. And it proves, too, that the most powerful people in Hollywood are the consumers. Yeah. Right. Because they are making a choice. It could have gone the other way. Let's say Godzilla versus Kong had done a quarter of the business theatrical. Then everyone would have said, see, <laughs> so it actually is a really good thing. And I think we're going to, I don't think that's a one-off. I think one-off in terms of the exact marketplace where it is uh, in terms of vaccinations and, and the consumer confidence that's building. But I think that means going forward, like when a furious nine opens other Cruella, black widow, all these big bond towards the latter part of the year, I think we're going to see a really 
more examples of people, even when given that day and date option that they go to the movie theater. And that's a good thing. Why not? In fact, I would theorize that people who love watching content at home are the biggest moviegoers. People go to concerts, watch a lot or listen to a lot of music at home. So I think it's a, a very dynamic marketplace. It was challenged, but I think it's coming back. And I think uh, Jason Brennick, founder and CEO of MetaMedia, you'd agree that I think your company's in a really good position to bring these technologies and delivery systems to movie theaters with content that maybe we haven't thought of for the movie theater. You know, the next couple of months are going to be exciting. And we know that all of those questions, you know, as we start to hit the the big blockbuster season, we're now because of the pent up demand, as well as the pent up supply of big films, you know, every week is going to have another opportunity for consumers to get out of their homes. And I do think that this summer and fall is going to be a massive, massive uh, time for the industry. I agree 100%. But of course, I, I I love movie theaters. I haven't been to a theater in a while. I'm going to go back soon. But Jason, I really appreciate you being on the Many Screens Big Picture podcast. And where can we find you, your company, on the socials, as they say, or just in general, you have the last word, Jason. Well, thanks, Paul. And, and uh, I guess our, our website is metamedia.global. We're definitely interested in uh, seeing the experience. It's been great talking to you, Paul. And and thanks so much for your passion about the industry. Well, thank you, Jason. And I, I hope to see you soon. And maybe at the next big movie convention, we can grab a drink or something. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. 